You know, I'm not married, but I have it on pretty good authority that after the honeymoon, that's when the real work of marriage begins. And that's where the mistakes tend to happen. Here's Dennis Rainey. I would have to say if there was a rookie error that I repeated, would have to have been around scheduling of just underestimating how fast, how far, how long my wife could run with me. I've never lived with a man before, and so I'm learning about men by living with my husband who is learning about becoming a man. So that right there is room for all kinds of mistakes. Well, we're going to hear from Dennis and Barbara Rainey about the rookie mistakes they made, and we're going to also learn how to get past those mistakes on this edition of Family Life This Week. Welcome to Family Life This Week. I'm Michelle Hill. When I mention the word rookie, your mind probably goes to baseball. And you think of that talented pitcher or shortstop or the guy behind the plate with those big arms and all that talent. But you know what comes with all that talent? Because this is the first time that they have ever played in the big leagues. There's some mistakes that come with that talent. And those rookie seasons, they happen in sports. They happen in marriage. They happen in a lot of other areas of our life. So let's talk about these rookie mistakes a little bit today. Bob Lapine sat down with Dennis and Barbara Rainey not too long ago and started to probe into their early years of marriage. But here's Bob sharing about one of his rookie mistakes. In my family growing up, one of the ways you expressed affection to one another is you teased. You teased and you poked fun at people, and that was a way of saying, I really think you're special. Okay. Mm-hmm. That did not, that was not what, that didn't, that fly didn't fly, with fly was not on Marianne's frame of reference for mm-hmm. how to express affection or receive affection is to be teased at, okay? Here's another thing. <laughs> in our family growing up, we were pretty much out in the open about kind of what was going on in all aspects of life. So if I came down to the breakfast table, it would not have been unusual for my mom to say, I don't know if you know, but you have a pimple on your forehead. Okay, And I'd go, oh, thanks, right? <laughs> so when my wife comes down to the breakfast table, and I go, I, I don't know if you know, but there's a pimple on your – and she cries. She cri- I thought I was being helpful. Helpful. <laughs> and she cries. These are rookie mistakes you don't want to repeat over and over again. So would you look back and say there was a big rookie error? I would have to say if there was a rookie error that I repeated – Uh, would have to have been around scheduling. And as we had children, and of just underestimating how fast, how far, how long my wife could run with me. Would you agree that this was a rookie mistake? Yeah, I would. And I'm not sure that I would have phrased it quite as specifically, but I think that's a great illustration. I think it was failing to understand how different I was as a woman. And I think it's true for me. I mean, I think it works for both the the woman's side and the man's side. I mean, I've never lived with a man before. And so I'm learning about men by living with my husband who is learning about becoming a man. So that's right there is room for all kinds of 
mistakes. And he was learning about living with me as a woman. He'd never had a sister. Mm-hmm. He'd never been married before. He didn't know much about women. And I think his framework was he expected me to be able to keep up with his pace. He expected me to think like he thought in certain areas. And that just took a long, long time for that understanding to go, oh, she really is different. Oh, she really doesn't see life the way I do. She doesn't feel the things that I feel. She doesn't whatever. I mean, I just think that would be our working mistake was that that understanding of our differentness as male and female. The, the principle is it's okay to have one rookie season. It's not okay to repeat it. Mm-hmm. It's not only learning from your rookie mistakes to not repeat them, but it's also learning why did Marianne cry when you said that? What What was it about that that because you were trying to be helpful. So it's not really that what you said was in and of itself wrong, but it was how she heard it. And right. to me, that's the real issue in, in all of these differences that we have in marriage. It's learning why did that affect her that way. And when you do that, that communicates love. It communicates, I want to know you. I want to understand you. And maybe you get to the place eventually where that stuff doesn't bother her anymore. And maybe you don't. But it's not just figuring out what the rules are. Okay, I can't say that so that because that was a mistake, I can't say it, but it's moving beyond knowing what works and what doesn't work. It's not a formula. It's figuring out who is this person, what's important to this person. Right, right. Getting to the why, heart of the issue. Not yeah, just having exactly. a, not having a checklist of do's and don'ts for marriage, right. but understanding I know how you think so I can so begin therefore, to think. So therefore, I, yeah, I don't this, want to go there because right. that's hurtful. And I think most young couples say, okay, tell me the five things I need to do. Mm-hmm. Because we all approach relationships. We approach life that way. Tell me the things that will work so that I can do them, so that I can avoid pain. Ah, those rookie mistakes. You've never had that problem, right? I am so thankful for Dennis and Barbara Rainey and also for Bob Lapine in being able to be transparent with us and vulnerable and share those mistakes so that we can learn from them. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to learn because men and women are different. We think different. We process different. We react different. And many times we just see the world differently. (laughs) Did you catch the word that I used multiple times there? Different. I want us to go back to school today with a couple of pros in communication, Jim and Carol Shores. The Shores are great friends of family life, and they teach couples about communication while weaving comedy and theater into their presentations. Jim and Carol are both actors, and they're going to equip us today. Here's Jim and Carol. Jim and I have been married for going on 22 years, and we still find this communication thing a challenge. So we're going to explore a few of those challenges today, and we are going to utilize the characters of Dan and Lauren. Now, back when they met, they were students in college, and they'd been going together for, you know, a number of weeks. And Jim, why don't you tell us a little about the beginning of their relationship? Well, back in the beginning of their relationship, Dan used to bring Lauren flowers. Did you know I like brown-eyed Susans? Because you mentioned during lunch that you liked them? You are just wonderful. In the beginning of their relationship, Lauren appreciated every little thing that he did. That pizza was great. You're the only one I know who can rip pizza in a straight line. Oh, it was nothing. 
In the beginning of their relationship, Dan and Lauren felt like they communicated with each other perfectly. I can't, I can't believe you think that too. I know exactly what you mean. But then they got to know each other better. They got to know each other better day after day after day, and they discovered they had some differences. I don't know what it is with her, but when we argue, I feel like I am being perfectly clear and she just doesn't get it. When we argue, and by the way, I don't argue. I discuss with passion. But when I do, he doesn't get it. Now, my girlfriends have no trouble understanding me, so what's the problem? What is the problem? Well, the problem is, it's not so much a problem as we have differences. God created us male and female, so we're not only physically different, we're emotionally different as well. But if you don't understand those differences, then the differences can sound like problems like these. She's so emotional. Just when we get close, all of a sudden he retreats and he won't talk. She talks all the time. He doesn't listen. Whenever I've got a problem, all he wants to do is fix it. She's so dramatic. He's so nuts and bolts. I don't know what it is with her. I mean, just when I feel like I understand her perfectly, she tells me I don't understand her at all. I mean, I feel like you need an interpreter to get what she means. So why don't they just break up while they can? That might be what you're thinking. Well, the truth is they really do like each other. There's a lot that's going well in their relationship. We're just outlining some of their communication problems. But as many of you already know, even if you love someone, that love can dry up in the face of hurt, resentment, bitterness, at just being consistently misunderstood. So right now, using the medium of theater, we're gonna take a look at several of the ways that the opposite sex typically miscommunicate. Men and women listen differently, and they listen for different reasons, but rather than try to explain this, let's just show you in a scene from the early years of Dan and Lauren's marriage. Hey. How was work? Oh, it was fine. Well, I know you were worried about that presentation. That went okay? Yeah, yeah, I was, but you know, I mean, it went fine. Okay, fine. Aren't you gonna ask me about my day? Oh, yeah, but you asked me about mine first. Because I was interested in knowing how it went. I told you, I mean, it was fine. I think we've established that. How was your day? It was horrible. It was horrible? What happened? Well, to start things off, I burnt a hole in my favorite white skirt. You know the one with the pleats? Wait, you burnt a hole in it? How'd you burn a hole in it? It's that stupid iron. The plastic part broke off on my trip to New York. Now, every time I look at the thing wrong, it falls over. I went to get a second cup of coffee. I come back, there is a big old scorch mark in my $50 Banana Republic skirt. You know what you need to do? What? You need to get a new iron. I know that. Anyway, that's how my morning started. And then... I know how you can save your skirt. Cut off the burn mark, make it into a mini skirt. What? Yes! Yes! You cut off the place where it's scorched, right? And you sew the skirt so that it's shorter. You know, I'm not wearing mini skirts anymore. Well, I mean, you could wear it around the house for me. I mean, <laughs> like I could run get it. We could start the alterations. I'd like you to let me finish my story. Go ahead. Okay, so now I've got to change my clothes, but that means I'm running late. So I drive into town, but there's no place to park. So finally, I just drive behind the library. I park there. I'm not 10 paces away from the car when a policeman in bike shorts swoops by, 
gives me a ticket. Can you believe that? Well, where exactly did you park? Behind the library next to the dumpster. But you're not supposed to park there. I know that. I got a ticket. Oh, you know where you should park? Park in front of First Baptist because Sam's wife works there now. And if you walk across the front and smile at her through the window, she doesn't call the tow truck. Isn't that nice? Aren't you going to finish your story? Why? You're not listening. What? I think you could care less. What are you talking about? Like I've been totally focused on you since I walked through the door. Fine. What'd I do wrong? I just don't think you really care. Well, of course I care. Like I'm trying to help you out here. Then why aren't you listening to me? I am. You are unbelievable. <laughs> Sorry. Hey. What? I thought maybe we could go fool around. We're in the middle of an argument. Oh, I thought we were done. No, we're not. Okay. So is that a no? That's a no. Okay. I was just wondering what was for dinner. Whatever you fix. Oh, great. I'll go fire up the grill. You're amazing. Thank you. <laughs> so are you. Just be outside if you need me. <laughs> Thank you. Have you ever had that type of argument? Where did Dan and Lauren go wrong? How are they communicating and miscommunicating as they make their assumptions about each other? We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to hear more on this topic of communication from Jim and Carol. Stay tuned. Ron, if it weren't for the Step family, we'd be a happily married couple. For Family Life Blended, here's Ron Deal. Man, I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard this. The last couple said it this way. This blended family stuff is eating our lunch. You see, that's the thing. Our research finds that before a wedding, couple satisfaction is mostly tied to, well, as you would expect, the couple, right? Couple satisfaction is a function of the couple's relationship. But after the wedding, couple satisfaction is equally tied to the stepfamily stuff going on around them. Stepfamily couple satisfaction is a function of the couple's relationship and the stepfamily dynamic. You see, that's where they get blindsided. Hey, we can help with that. For Family Life Blended, I'm Ron Deal. To find out more, visit FamilyLifeBlended.com. I can't move anything. Did the doctor express any hope? I'm pretty sure she's going to come off of the ventilator and beyond that. Hope is discouraged. Sometimes God leads us on very difficult paths. Is God still good whether someone walks again or not? 
On the Unfavorable Odds podcast, Kim Anthony talks with guests who have faced extraordinarily difficult circumstances. That was really the last meaningful conversation I'd ever had with my three-year-old child. How should we respond when the events of life leave us despairing? Lord, please let me go home to heaven to be with you now. I cannot do this. In the midst of our despair, there is still strength and hope found in Jesus. I heard that my worst nightmare had occurred, and it was so surprising to me what came out of my mouth. You can find the Unfavorable Odds podcast with Kim Anthony wherever you get your podcasts, or go to familylife.com slash podcasts. Welcome back to Family Life this week. I'm Michelle Hill. We are in the middle of hearing an argument between Dan and Lauren, as acted by Jim and Carol Shores. And again, Jim and Carol are good friends with Family Life, and they have done presentations at many of our events. And through these characters of Dan and Lauren, they're helping us understand the differences between men and women and how best to communicate. Now let's get back to Dan and Lauren and get an explanation of what's really going on. Here's Jim Shores. So obviously guys are not that clueless every day, but... um, <laughs> but, but just just taking a survey in this room, how many men here feel he was listening? Can I see hands? Yes. Yes. Thank you. He heard every word that came out of her mouth. How many Thank women you. here feel he was listening? And a few shaky hands here. Yep. Yeah. What was she needing? Now we hear back from you. Just yell it out. What was she needing? Support. Sympathy. Empathy. Compassion. All right, so these are all these things she was needing, and what was he giving her? Fix it. Fix it. Fix it. Well, see, women, we work through our problems by talking about our problems and our feelings about our problems. Sort of looks like this, but then it all gets processed out on the other side. But why is this difficult for a guy? That's terrifying. (laughs) What that? You know, it's so confusing. I mean, to a guy, it can be very confusing when a woman is processing her feelings. We just don't know what to do. Guys tend to be less verbal than women. I mean, if you think about it, if you've got a guy, if he's less verbal and he has a problem, his knee-jerk reaction is not to talk about the problem because he doesn't want you to know he has the problem because that calls into question his competency. And so he'll try to solve it on his own before you find out. And if he's got a problem he can't solve, sometimes he'll go, a lot of times he'll go to a trusted male friend and that friend he's hoping will say, oh, I had that problem, I did this, it fixed it. And the first guy says thank you and he employs that solution, gets back to the business of living his life and he's fine. So he hears his wife talking about a problem, what do you think he thinks she's looking for? A solution to the problem. So he offers one, being the good guy that he is, and she bats it away. He offers another, she bats it away. He's getting frustrated, she's getting frustrated. And of course, what's happening? Well, it's because of how God wired us. As women, we are relational. We are about connection and relationship. So when we tell our husband our bad day, and he keeps trying to stop us by fixing the things, what it feels like is he's not really caring about what this is really about, which is the heart. Mm. And he just really wants to fix the things because this whole conversation is just getting kind of annoying and he just wants the whole thing to go away. But is that true? Yes. (laughs) 
I realize, you know, I do do that because how convenient if I can fix the problem and those emotions die down and we get past that and I don't have to go through that scary minefield of my wife's heart. But the problem with that, if we're always fixing the problem and circumventing her heart, we're short-circuiting the emotional intimacy that we got into this marriage for in the first place, you know? It's not good for the man to be alone. I will create a helpmate suitable for him. So we're designed for each other. It's not just a woman that needs the emotional intimacy. We both need that, but she's typically better at getting us there. So, so if, we if, were, if we were to just like roll the scene back a little bit and how could using the wisdom in this room, some of your suggestions, how could we turn this scene from frustration into communication? We want to look at some things that Lauren and, and Dan could do differently. So let's look at my character first of Lauren. What could she do differently in this scene? Tell them up front, you just need to vent. Very often we think, well, if you loved me, you would just know. Well, that's crazy, you know? Uh, <laughs> and so we have to say it out loud. I used to say that to Carol. If you don't say it out loud, I'm not responsible for knowing it. And she was like, that's horrible. <laughs> Sorry. What, what are some other things that Lauren could do differently? Use I feel statements. Use I feel statements. Vent somewhere else. Sometimes that's appropriate. If your husband's overloaded and you see a, you know, a ticking time bomb walking in the door and you're going to vent to that, right? It might be wise to call a girlfriend and go, I was going to vent to my husband, not today. You know, so that might be a good choice. All right, so what could Dan have done differently? How do you feel? Tell her, tell her about his day instead of just saying, fine. What? I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I'm sorry that your day went that way. I'm sorry your day went that way. Ask her to tell you more. Ask her to tell me more. And what? <laughs> Say it again. Offer $60 to buy a new skirt. Offer the $60 to buy a new skirt. That kind of solution might be okay. <laughs> and one more up here. It is what it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try. All right, so we're going to take some of these su suggestions and replay them, and we'll see how they go. Hey. Hey, hey, how was work? Oh, well, um, I was going to say fine, but I had a little bird tell me that I should, you know, on the, on the ride home, I was thinking about my day, and I went over the details of the day, and I'd like to share them with you. Okay, I was just going to let you have a landing strip here and be silent for a little while, but no. This is okay. how I'm landing. Okay. So, um, uh, you know, I had that presentation today, and... Um, it, okay, words. Um, I was nervous because I felt under sort of rehearsed for the thing, and then my boss's boss came in, and I didn't know why he was in the room. And my boss left, and my boss's boss watched the presentation, and I was 
confused and terrified at the same time. And I was so worried about what he was thinking that I went on autopilot and I did a fantastic job. I mean, like, it was, I didn't know who was de the delivering this. It was amazing. Turns out why he was in the room is I'm up for a promotion and he wanted to double check and make sure that I was the guy. And I am. would just not have done that no, justice. No, no. So how was your day? It was horrible. Really? What happened? I don't want to vent. Well, no, I do no, want to vent. Vent, really. I, I have chocolate in my bag. Okay. <laughs> what I feel, I feel um, um, really like this big, huge storm in my chest at the moment. So I'm, I'm basically, I had a bad day. Short version is, I burned a hole in my favorite white skirt, the one with the pleats. Wait, you burn a hole in it? How'd you burn a hole in it? The iron, went to get a second cup of coffee, big old scorch mark, it's gone. You need a new iron. I thank you for that suggestion. <laughs> I'm the man. <laughs> it's a good one, but I tell you what, right now, all I, I what I really need, Uh-huh. I just need you to listen. Like, I don't need you to, to fix it. I, I don't need you to say anything. At all? You could say like, uh-huh. That, that would be helpful. But... Okay, I can do that. Okay. Okay. So, skirt's gone. Change drove into town, no place to park. I am right on the edge of being late for this doctor's appointment. I finally find a parking space behind the library. Policeman comes by. I get a parking ticket for parking next to the dumpster. It was... How did that make you feel? <laughs> like an idiot, because I should have known I just wasn't paying attention, I was distracted. And then I got to the appointment only to find out that it's next week. And it's not funny because No, it's... I'm not laughing. I am empathizing. Thank you. Thank you. Mirror, you had a terrible day. I did. I did. Mm. I feel like I can't do anything right. Honey, you do so much right, it is just not even funny. I love you, and I'm sorry you had a terrible day. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> Look what I bought for you. Wow, they almost look brand new. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> They improved communication styles of Dan and Lauren as acted by Jim and Carol Shores. And if you would like to hear more from Jim and Carol, go to our website where we have their entire presentation. And also we have Dennis and Barbara talking about the rookie mistakes and how they made it through those rookie mistakes. That's at our website, familylifethisweek.com. That's familylifethisweek.com. Coming up next week, we're going to talk about the tough topic 
of postpartum depression. And it's really nothing to joke around with. And it's hard. I'm going to talk with my good friend, Courtney Rysick, and we're going to bring some hope and healing to those who are struggling with this topic and some insight for those who want to help those struggling. Hope you can join us for that. Hey, thanks for listening. I want to thank the co-founder of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, and our president, David Robbins, along with our station partners around the country. And a big thank you to our engineer today, Keith Lynch, who is a horrible communicator. Thanks to our producers, Marcus Holt and Bruce Goff, who are decent communicators. To Justin Adams, our mastering engineer, who is a little bit better in his communication. And to Megan Martin, our production coordinator, who makes perfect sense all the time. Our program is a production of Family Life Today, and our mission is to effectively develop godly families who change the world one home at a time. I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time for another edition of Family Life This Week.